The Bucks remain undefeated. They beat the Knicks and then they take care of the Hawks in a game that went right to the final minute. Arguably the most exciting game we've had so far this season and it was Giannis again that took over in the fourth quarter. So you guessed that we're going to be talking Giannis, but uh, Brooklyn wins this one. Keeps doing stuff late in games and Drew Holiday had the offensive explosion we've been waiting for. Uh, let's pull down. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning, fading shot, up, good for Giannis at the buzzer! Weekend locked on box. My name's Kane Pittman. See you on the show uh, daily and also find my work over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. And we uh, thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day, Monday to Friday for sure but occasionally on the weekend. Uh, but if you wake up Monday and you think that you're 24 hours behind listening to this podcast, there's only one reason for that, because you're not subscribed. You don't have the notifications on. So if you do that, you'll be able to tune into this and uh, give yourself a happy Sunday morning listening to Locked On Bucks. Uh, they beat the the Knicks, but I think the priority tonight is definitely going to be talking about this game against Atlanta. They win 123 to 115. They're 5-0. and And... They started the first year of the Budenholzer era 7-0. I don't know. I asked you this question. I don't know what the franchise record is. I didn't have time to look it up. Uh, but either way, uh, I think you've got to be pretty satisfied with 5-0, and particularly the way they were able to close this out with Giannis in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and uh, what? Uh, I guess third time. I'm, I'm trying to remember. The 34-point half, that was against Brooklyn. So well, was that two mm. games ago or three games ago, whatever it was, 30 points in the second half tonight to finish with 34 after uh, a, a very difficult first quarter for him kind of watching. I think he started like one for seven, one for eight, something like that. Um, and you kind of had to wonder a little bit like, you know, back to back is, is just a conditioning out mm. there. He was kind of searching for his rhythm and we I mean, give, give the Hawks credit, right? I mean, uh, we've been talking for a couple of years now going back to the East Conference Finals, um, you know, I think Nyekwa Kongu does a, about as good a job generally against one Giannis one-on-one as, as pretty much anybody. And between Kongu and Capella, you know, I mean, they have they have some big guys that, that can, you know, at least try to protect the rim. This is not a team that has been good defensively over the past couple of years, um, or at least not last year. Last year, they were really bad. Uh, but Kongu was out for, for a big portion of last year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that first half, Giannis really struggling four points or whatever it was. And I think for me, you know, the, the big takeaway, I mean, again, Giannis eventually gets his 34, 17, four assists. Somehow ends up 11 to 22. I think he was six for six in the fourth quarter. So again, just can't miss clutch Giannis. We saw that turnaround banker in the final minute, which was pretty, pretty ballsy to, to see him take. Um, 
But you look at the box score, he played 33 minutes. They were minus 10 in his time. Hmm. And so they were, uh, whatever it was, plus 18 in the 15 minutes that he was on the bench. So let's talk about how they were able to do plus 15. Uh, Brooke Lopez, I mean, we've been talking about his defense the first couple of weeks of the season, how awesome he's looked. Uh, he had some some good moments defensively. Certainly Trey Young and, and DeJounte Murray now put as much you know pressure on you in pick and rolls as about pretty much any duo can in the league. Uh, both those guys had some some real moments. Trey 42 did take 32 shots. And I think that was one of the one of the big takeaways. You know, we talk about the Bucks and their philosophy. I thought that was going to be tested tonight, just given how good the the Hawks are in the pick and roll game. This was the second best offense in the league last year. Uh, but I think they kind of decided, you know, look like we're going to, we're going to make those guys kind of beat us. They took 51 shots. They scored 63 points. That's pretty good. Um, but they weren't out, out of this world in terms of overall offensive rating and 13 to 29 threes. So they didn't take tons and tons of threes. Uh, and kind of, again, sort of a similar story uh, from what we've seen before. The Bucks won the shot charts. Um, very few shots at the rim, relatively few shots from deep, tons of mid-range stuff, and they have a couple guys that are very good. Trey in that floater range, DeJounte in that mid-range. Um, but ultimately, Brooke Lopez was was awesome offensively tonight as well. 21 points on 12 shots, uh, five of eight threes. He, was, he could not miss in that first half. And then Drew Holiday, this was a big sigh of relief game for me on the Drew Holiday front because especially offensively. I mean, the second game, he looked pretty good, but he's been pretty bad <laughs> offensively. The defense has had, again, some, you know, less than his uh, stellar best moments at times defensively as well. Uh, some of those also defensive moments, I'd say in the first half, he kind of, let's just say he was not working as hard as Javon Carter and George Hill were against Trey in the first couple quarters. Uh, but he was a, an, I just had an awesome night offensively, was just an assassin for mid-range, got some big buckets, in that fourth quarter, 34 points on 13 out of 22 shooting, seven free throw attempts. We love to see that from Drew, mm. 12 assists, four steals, three turnovers, plus 12 in 37 minutes. And, you know, again, we talk about when Drew is engaged defensively, he comes up with a huge steal that pretty much sealed it when the Bucks were up, I guess, I think they were up four at the time when he just pretty much took the ball away from Trey at midcourt, <laughs> throws it over his head to Giannis for the exclamation point. So, um, or I think they were up six. I think they were already up six at the time. But, but anyway, so... Uh, so yeah, just fun to see a night where the offense was clicking, even when Giannis was, was not looking so great. Uh, they got big support from Drew Holiday, who you always know you need and Brooke Lopez, who, you know, again, kind of fades in and out of games, but, um, that was the big three tonight. And against an Atlanta team that has been very good to start this year, they started the year four and one, um, both teams on a back to back bucks were ahead for the vast majority of this game, had a double digit lead at times in the second half. And so it definitely got a bit hairier than maybe you would have liked it to. Uh, but big players making big plays for the Bucks, And ultimately, Trey might have ran out of gas a little bit at the end. He missed a bunch of shots late and had the turnover. So, yeah, have to feel good about going to 5-0. and And, you know, Friday night as well, obviously, took care of business against the Knicks. Giannis doing Giannis stuff. And uh, the defense really driving that one. But, um, yeah, as we were saying start of the season goal is just to bank wins while you start to hopefully get a good rhythm on both ends. And, um, you know, tonight it was the offense that started to look a lot sharper, uh, but defensively they did what needed to be done late. And again, I think from a shot chart perspective, they, they pitched a, a pretty good game against a really talented offensive team. And then the other difference is made up at the free throw line, 29 attempts to 15. Now we understand obviously Giannis left a few there 
Uh, but that's how they were also able to to have the edge, even though Atlanta, kind of a rare occasion in a Bucks game where the opposition outscores the Bucks in the paint. Uh, they did that tonight. And they're, they're relatively efficient, but as you pointed to, uh, you know if you're playing against Trey Young, there's going to be a lot of that sort of deep paint shots floater range that he's going to get those up and can be pretty uh, effective. Uh, I would have bet that a Drew Holiday game was coming up soon, but this one was certainly timely. Uh, and that reminds me of our friends at Bet Online, uh, which we know is the number one source for betting for uh, football and uh, also the NBA as that continues to roll through. So find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. I mentioned this last week. You can still get the odds for the first player in the NBA to score 50 points. I don't believe anyone's done it yet, but you can do it. If you think Giannis is going to do it, he's been threatening. Uh, and hey, a couple of games against Detroit, and, and no disrespect, uh, but uh, I think there's a chance we could have a 50-burger coming up this week. So as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Uh, it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. So head to the website today. We'll use your mobile device to learn more. That's bet online where the game starts. Uh, so Drew Holiday, uh, two for eight in the first quarter as well. So I, I, I let me say this. I definitely there was definitely a moment in the first quarter <laughs> yeah. after like another Drew miss where I was just I literally thought to myself, like, man, Drew just sucked early. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, man, we, we talked about it in last year too, right? Remember last year early in the season, he was missing layups all over the place. And we were like, mm, he was, is, yeah. is, is some of this playoff hangover when he was missing all these shots during the title run? Like, like what's going on here? And obviously he, he found his, his rhythm last season. So hopefully that's what we're seeing here. But yeah, first quarter was, had some moments too, before he really kind of got his, got his rhythm going. Well, he was 40%, and this is the thing that's crazy. He ended up being 40% from three last year, which I, even though I've looked at it and I've seen it, it's still tough for me to wrap my head around the fact that he shot 40% from three. I think it's because he does actually take a high degree of difficulty uh, attempts because they're always the step backs, they're off the dribble, and he just has been so effective at it. And obviously he was in the back end of the season. But uh, because I had some league pass stuff going on with this game, so I, I was about 15 minutes behind tip, so I had to catch up on league pass. So I actually watched the first half with the Atlanta broadcast while I was trying to figure out how to, to catch up. And anyway, it's, uh, uh, league pass has given me some grief at the moment. But the Atlanta announcers, who I think are pretty good, by the way, uh, they were like, gee, Drew Holiday is not shy tonight. And then at one point, the announcer was like, maybe this is a playoff carryover for Drew Holiday. He shot terribly in the postseason and he doesn't seem that he could make anything. Uh, and then once he did, uh, obviously after that point, he was 11 for 16, I think, in the second half or, or something along those lines. I mean, it was just insane. And you know that he's feeling himself when he has that uh, almost over the backboard touches the rafters <laughs> mid-range jump shot that from like hits. slightly behind the backboard like like it's right crazy. on the baseline that gotta kind of get angle it over the top of the backboard yeah it doesn't even make sense and even marcus johnson on the broadcast was like yeah we've seen it so many times that you know he's going to hit it it's kind of his trademark at this point so out of all the games the bucks have played this was the one uh where they needed the offense to come through but defensively you pointed to some of the stuff so atlanta are, are different at this point and when you mentioned the plus minus. It's weird that Giannis was minus 10, but Trey Young was almost also minus 13. Like the two stars, it's like, how does that even yeah. make sense uh, on the box score? But Javon Carter spent a fair bit of time on uh, Trey Young. 
I think he was pretty frustrated. And I think Marcus mentioned that uh, Trey Young may have a career as a thespian uh, once he's done with his basketball days. He likes to he likes to go to the floor. But what we saw for the last few possessions, it was like, okay, George Hill, you're coming in. Wes Matthews, you're coming in. And whether or not people like it or not, we saw Bud lean on the vets, the trusty vets that he knows uh, that aren't going to foul because Javon gave up a couple of fouls in a row. Whether or not they were good calls or not, he did. And Bud lent on his vets. And ultimately, Wes Matthews again came up with some pretty critical moments in the last uh, last minute. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Trey is one of the, you know, elite foul grifters in the league and uh, <laughs> a, a guy that, you know, anytime he he feels any contact, he's going to ground and the officials are generally pretty charitable uh, yes. with him, you know, babying him him pretty, pretty heavily. Uh, but the, the fact that, what was it, 23 seconds left, Bucks up three, I believe, um, we get that foul call where DeAndre Hunter's called for basically pushing Wes mm. Matthews into Trey and they all kind of went toppling over. And of course, when, when that happens, I'm immediately thinking like, oh my God, this isn't, you know, before the inbound foul. So it's going right. to be a free throw and the ball. And it's like, oh my God, we're just giving away points on this. So, you know, kudos to the officials for, for being willing to call it. Um, I, I didn't, I, at first, like with all the noise happening, at first I was like, wait, did Trey get called for pulling like Wes down into him or something like that but then you know i think you can see on the replay like you know west kind of engages with deandre hunter and then gets gets pushed and falls backwards so i mean it seemed like a good call and um I, atlanta was out of timeouts at that point um i i it was that why i i can't recall is is that why they did not challenge it is and i forget that i should know this um but uh i i was trying to figure out like why they didn't challenge the call and my assumption was it just because they didn't have a timeout that they couldn't challenge the call. But um, again, if you want to Google that in the background, Kane, I, I believe you need to have a timeout in order to challenge. But um, yeah. but anyway, it was huge, you know huge huge play obviously at that point. And um, yeah, we got to look. I, I, I should you know again, I'm like saying stuff that that we probably should have like researched <laughs> before we come on air. Right, we're doing this right after the game. Um, Drew goes to the foul line misses the second and what happens what is the bucks offensive rebound rate on second missed free throws it's it's insane we know with Giannis, it's crazy yeah. how often the ball ends up in Giannis's hands on missed second free throws and west matthews he makes the hustle play you know d- draws the foul perhaps some some acting skills falling backwards to draw that offensive foul and then uh a a blind backhanded save to drew to retain possession uh, after the missed free throw, Drew evading the foul passes it to Giannis, which again, again, Giannis at that point was nine out of seventeen from the foul line. Um, Giannis hanging onto the ball to get fouled after Drew gave it up to him. Maybe not really the decision that the coaches would have drawn up, right? Maybe they just say like, "Hey, Drew, just just let them foul you so you can go back to the line." There's under twenty four <laughs> seconds left. We'd rather have you shooting those free throws. But credit to Giannis, he was like effort i'm i'm shooting these free throws i'm making them and it, it, it's funny right i i think Giannis's willingness to you know get fouled and go to the line and stay aggressive even when he's not shooting well from the foul line i feel like it, it gets talked about so much as a contrast to ben simmons so i feel like i've heard discussion of this a lot 
in the past couple of weeks, given Simmons and some of his struggles. Uh, but we saw it again in that type of scenario. Normally it's in the context of his aggressiveness, driving to the basket, not trying away from contact. In this instance, it's, you know, like literally like I could pass the ball to a teammate when the other team has foul, but he was just like, you know what, no, if it, I'm, I'm taking these again up four, well, obviously less pressure, but you know, credit to Giannis, he makes both free throws. And then uh, as we've mentioned before, Drew looking like the all defensive player that he is, just at half court, just it. ripping it out of of uh, of Trey's hands and and throwing it over his head to Giannis for the exclamation point finish for for Giannis's thirty fourth point and thirtieth point in the second half. So, uh, yeah, as you said, I mean, obviously the Philly opener was exciting. Um, this one fairly close. I'd say the Philly game was was more exciting just because it did come down to a final possession. But certainly from just a you know entertainment perspective. Um, you know, we saw some some Trey Young fireworks, especially in that first quarter. And then he was really quiet sort of in the middle two quarters until he got going a bit in the third. Uh, and then obviously fourth quarter, uh, he hit some shots as Dante Murray hit some shots. We saw Trey hit some, some of those kind of, you know, hash mark, uh, hmm. almost logo type threes. But I, again, I, I think, you know, from the Bucks perspective, tactically, they seem to make the decision like we don't want to throw a ton of bodies. Like we saw, I forget who it was. We saw one. Um, we saw a couple times where they like sort of tried to double team him and get the ball out of his hands. But for the most part, you know, they're kind of like, all right, you know, we're going to let Trey be a scorer or try to be a scorer. And we're not going to let him kind of turn into, you know, 30.15 assist Trey Young. We're going to make him be 42.5 assist or six assists, whatever he had Trey Young. And obviously it's a pick your poison type thing. Uh, yeah. But you know, for, for me, like if Trey's hitting like, you know, 32 foot threes against anybody, you know, so I feel like people, especially if it's like switched against the big people, like are like, Oh, well, what do you do? You just can't switch against Trae. It's like tip your cap, man. You know, like I, I think as a defense, you can only do so much if you're allowing threes from that far out. Um, you know, you kind of live with it. And obviously Atlanta has offensive talent and, uh, you know, at the end, at the end of the game, right. We saw Trey, I think he missed his last three shots or so had the turnover. Uh, and when I looked at the, the, the shot distribution again, on cleaning the glass, I think they were in the ninth percentile in terms of rim shots tonight. So they up pretty much nothing at the rim tonight, but they were like, you know, 97th percentile from mid range in terms of hmm. number of attempts, because they were just, you know, DeJounte was shooting a lot of pull-ups. Trey had his kind of shooting tons of floaters um and was mostly you know pretty good at them uh but you know very you know relatively few threes again under 33 attempted threes they hit a good percentage of those so that kind of compensated a little bit um but similar to the game on friday with the bucks that game they shot really poorly this game they shot much better but a couple things that kept them in the game they didn't turn the ball over basically at all on friday they had a turnover percentage benefit again tonight and then offensive rebounding, they had uh, notably better offensive rebound rates both on Friday and Saturday, uh, which, you know, I think that that's, again, to be honest, we saw that against in the East Conference Finals a couple of years ago, right? Like how did the Bucks kind of, kind of counteract some of what Atlanta was doing? Um, you know, just going big, just let's lean into being big. Let's crash the offensive glass. Let's create second chance opportunities. That was a huge thing throughout the playoff run, including the finals run as well. And you know, we've seen again in this first couple of weeks here, we've seen 
Bobby, Giannis, and Brooke, not just on the floor in first halves, but we saw that group in the fourth quarter tonight as well, as the Bucks really leaned into their size and the advantages that that, that can create them. And, you know, uh, again, look at a couple, couple of Giannis's buckets late, came off of offensive rebounds. Uh, we mentioned the save off the free throw missed by Wes. Um, you know, just outworking teams, outbigging teams uh, down low is is obviously just one of the things that the Bucks have at, to their advantage. And we always think of it in terms of what it does for them defensively with Giannis and Brooke in particular, protecting the rim. But again, it's also a weapon that they can use that size down low to, to get extra chances. And, you know, especially on nights like Friday when you're not shooting the ball very well, uh, obviously that's, that's sometimes just what you need to create offense. Uh, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast if you want to catch up with everything, uh, not necessarily NBA related, that'll be there, but you can also get your NFL stuff, World Series is going on as well, so check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast after you're done with Locked On Bucks. So just a couple of other random notes I've got in my head from this uh, back-to-back across the weekend. Marjan Bochamp got random second quarter minutes, knocked down a corner three. So he had the late bucket in garbage time, his first uh, score in the NBA today, uh, his first, uh, I don't want to say meaningful bucket, in meaningful minutes, we'll call it that. His first bucket in meaningful yeah. minutes in the game knocked down the corner three. So that was nice to see uh, from him. Jordan Warrett did score in double digits, but Jeezy was rough against the Knicks. And, you know, he had some you know, had some, some really tough moments tonight as well, one where he was trying to push for the two for one and he just let the ball go out of bounds. There was another couple of times where it looked like last year's defense a little bit where he was helping and he was right in the paint and sort of left an open shooter in the corner. So a couple of little things for Jordan Wara. Bud was pretty, I had the press conference on here just before we jumped on and Bud was pretty complimentary of um, his scoring tonight, thought that it was helpful and it was to get double digits out of him on a night where you need uh, the offense. But yeah, he, he does to me, and I understand it, and I understand why it might be the case, but he does look to me like he's he's pressing a little bit. He's probably feeling the pressure of um, you know trying to secure this spot in the rotation, or maybe even just for the next week, beat out Marjan Bochamp uh, for these minutes so far. So I don't want to be too critical because he does just look like someone to me that maybe is is just pressing a little bit, which does make some sense. Yeah, I mean, honestly part of his role is that he's supposed to press offensively, right? He's supposed to Mm -hmm. be aggressive offensively. You don't have him out there just to be a wallflower on offense. Uh, But uh, let let me say this Friday, we can talk about the, you know, a a very uh, interesting weekend as far as the Bucks jerseys go on Friday, we see the return of purple. Uh, You know, I think certainly from watching the telecast uh, and also just hearing from a bunch of people who were, in the building, it seemed like they did a great job with the game ops, bringing back some of the 90s favorites, you know, light it up, light it up videos we saw. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I, as I've said before, I am not nostalgic for the purples. I grew up with that jersey. I kind of associate it with really mediocre basketball. So I feel like that's that's kind of hanging over my head. I, when I tweeted about it, I feel like a few other people that were in their forties made similar comments. And I was like, okay, this is just be like a generational thing versus people that are in their twenties. I think probably have a lot more fond memories of it. But, um, but anyway, uh, you know, Giannis, as you said, Giannis makes every Jersey Jersey look cool. <laughs> um, and uh, I thought just the general kind of vibe around the game um, was a lot of fun. 
Um, but I got to say, Jordan Wara wearing the purple number 13. Look, I don't – people wearing Big Dog's number has not bothered me at all. Luke Ridnour, Malcolm Brogdon, hey, whatever, right? The jersey's not retired. That's a whole other debate. But if it's available, it's a cool number. Go ahead, wear it. No problem with Jordan Wara wearing number 13. But, man, if you're going to wear the purple, the purple Bucks jersey number 13, and you're going to go 0 for 6 – and missing some bunnies and just looking terrible offensively. I mean, you're sullying the legacy of big dog with this now bad defense. Okay. Fine. Jordan, maybe you're paying tribute with bad defense on Friday night to Glenn Robinson. Cause Lord knows that was not his calling card, but I, I gotta say, I, yeah, I was, I was feeling a little bit, um, you know, like an old man wanting the, the, the youngsters to get off my lawn was seeing Jordan Wara wearing that, that purple number 13 and not doing it justice. But Pretty cool jerseys Friday night. And then I, I personally am a huge fan of these these new black jerseys, which, you know, borrow largely the, the it's basically the same design as, as the jersey we've, we've seen previously, but the kind of black gold with a little bit of blue. I think they look really cool. Um, so, so yeah, good good jersey weekend in my book for, for the Bucks overall. I hope people enjoyed it. And uh, Jordan, next time you're wearing purple number 13, go get some buckets, man. You gotta, you gotta give me a big dog yank, like respect, respect Len Robinson. Okay, well, if we're gonna go down this path, then what about Ray Allen? You got Giannis out here shooting one yeah. for six from three in the purple thirty-four. Bit of respect for Ray. It could have at least gone perfect from three, Giannis, if you ask me. But no, I love the purple. A uh, shout out to Dustin Godsey because uh, we've had him on this podcast for years. He's been getting uh, harassed on Twitter about the purple jerseys and why don't you get a purple jersey? And in a perfect example of you just can't keep people happy, I saw a tweet after the game and someone was like, at Bucks, next time you're going to wear purple jerseys, you may as well have an alternate court as well. And I was like, you know, you just can't. You just can't keep the people happy. There's always going to be something. Next, they're going to want you to, hey, you got the alternate court, but if you're going to wear the purple, we need you to resurrect the Bradley Center from the dust <laughs> so we can play in the Bradley Center. All right. Where's this street my... life? Where's street life? No street life? Oh. What a joke. What a joke. No. What about Ja, ja Rule? I thought Ja Rule was going to come back oh, for yeah. halftime. That uh, was a memorable. I don't think Ja Get Warren Wiegrats in street life. Uh, I'm 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 feeling better about that, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was I think it was generally a really well done weekend, and um, you know you got to pull out stops when you when you have a home back to back. At least yeah. it's Friday Saturday, right? It's not like you're a Tuesday Wednesday back to back here at home. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, they obviously the game ops jerseys. Bucks did all they could to kind of give each game a different feel. They didn't, you know. I was kind of curious if they were just going to run it back tonight and just do the purple thing again and just say, all right, whoever didn't come last night, we're just going to do an encore, which I'm sure would have been fine. People would have really enjoyed it. But uh, I thought the the blacks were, uh, were some pretty cool, pretty cool jerseys to wear tonight. And I'm, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to the different jerseys this year. We're not, we're not obviously huge Jersey people, but, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, when Giannis is dealing Drew Holiday is making, getting buckets. Uh, they make these jerseys look pretty cool. Um, and I don't think I'm going to be buying one myself, but uh, I'm having, I may, may need to get like a, one of those black, you know, and like a jersey, you know, I feel like that's like a, an appropriate, appropriate dad move. I, I, by the way, Kane, I've, I have another uh, 
pre-kindergarten birthday party I have to attend with my daughter tomorrow. It will be my fifth birthday party in the last two weekends. So I'm just putting in just huge little kid birthday mileage of late. Um, And, uh, you know, I I bring I bring this Bucks cup usually. So I kind of Hmm. put out the I'm living in Austin, Texas. So I I try to put out the vibe a little bit, you know, about who I'm who I'm rooting for. Sometimes I wear some Bucks gear. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I need to add a add another like Bucks hoodie or something like that into my uh, into my repertoire. Uh, plenty of time for that. I, I've got one last thought before we wrap this up. So uh, Nathan Marzion, who perhaps a lot of people know uh, from Twitter, posts some clips and quite honestly, just straight up posts some comedy sometimes. And I'm very easily amused, so I, I get a good chuckle out of it. But he he tweeted something last night. Uh, because as we were watching this Knicks game, and I'm more partial, you know, I prefer if Giannis is is dropping 50s rather than getting the triple-doubles. Like, I want the points. I'm hungry for the points. <laughs> but the Bucks' historical struggles with getting Giannis' 10th assist <laughs> is unbelievable. And at the end of this Knicks game was just brutal to watch. It was brick after brick after brick. And I always bring this up. Giannis says, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know about the stats. I didn't nah. know about the stats. And people believe that. I have people tweet me all the time. No, no, Giannis says he doesn't care about this or that. I'm like, just watch the game. This man was hunting for that 10th assist and nobody could hit a shot. And Nathan Marzion says this is the 21st time he's been stranded on nine assists uh, since 2018. So I don't actually really care about the triple doubles, but twenty. Which, which is times. the most? I think I think that's the most. Nathan said that was the most in the NBA. So you know, it's not yeah. just because I mean I, I have no idea where I like. It's like yeah. has Jokic done it like forty times? I don't know, but apparently not. Apparently that's the most in the NBA. So Giannis, the king of the almost triple double. Mate, it's it's unbelievable, and, and it's and it is painful to watch because you can tell he just wants that tenth assist. Sometimes Bud just leaves him out there a little bit longer to pick up that tenth assist, and then Bud says, "Listen, man, these guys can't make a shot. I got to get you off the court." So come on, guys, come on, just make I, them. I I think that we should also say in general, like Giannis. Look, I don't think Giannis is obsessed with his stats the way no. maybe some superstars are, I but. Agree with that. Does Giannis enjoy being the man who scores shit tons of points and puts up monster numbers? Oh hell he hell yeah he enjoys that. Like he, he'll he'll have you know when he's when he's in search of a triple double he'll he you know as you said like we've talked about this for years like oh the, the assist hunting they do is pretty pretty egregious right and the and the, the, the teammates know right I also yeah. think the teammates know that just you know in the first and second quarter too like if Giannis kicks you the ball in rhythm put up that shot, right? Like Giannis doesn't want people dilly-dallying or whatever. Um, but I think Giannis love. I mean, you know, I think his, his, his kind of origins as a basketball player, I think there was a, like, I think he came in a league, like really being proud of his passing. I think mm-hmm. that's like the one thing that he will say, you've heard him say repeatedly over the last couple of years, is just like, Hey, people underrate my passing. You know, mm-hmm. I think he said, I think in an Eric name story, our friend, he, he quoted him as saying like, you know, motherfuckers didn't know I could pass or something like that. Right. Like he takes pride in like saying, don't underestimate my passing. He doesn't necessarily say stuff like that about his offensive game Mm. in terms of scoring. But like, you know, I don't think Giannis is refreshing to see his, you know, points per game average. Like I do every night to see, you know, where is he relative to 30 points a game, but would Giannis want to be above 30 points a game? I think Giannis would enjoy being above 30 points a game. Um, 
you know, opening night, I think was a little bit of an aberration in terms of his, his facilitation and passing. And I think over the past week, we've seen kind of more of like Giannis being like, yo, I, especially with Chris out, right? Like maybe we see a little less of it when Chris is back just because they have better balance, but uh, you know, don't, don't worry about Giannis not shooting enough. Like Giannis knows that this team needs him to be aggressive and look for a shot. And I, I mean, it, it's wild, right? Like think about the dunk he threw on down on Mitchell Robinson last night or the dunk. The, the lefty, the lefty spike uh, on John Collins tonight. I mean, we've seen him detonate on guys with that left hand, whether it was Rudy Gobert, um, Gogo Batadze, you know, like, like big dudes he has yammed on with that left hand. And the fact that just another awesome dunk from Giannis, right? <laughs> it's, it's pretty damn cool that we we don't really have to make a big deal out of these things, and they're just kind of the everyday. I mean, pro- probably the ultimate sign that his first quarter, the first half he was off, was the back iron dunk. Another, oh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was going to be a highlight reel, another highlight reel dunk, and you back ironed it and missed it. And we did that. I was like, oh man, is this going to be one of those nights? But. <laughs> It, it, he'll have one of those halves, as we've seen now a couple times in the first couple of weeks here. He will have those halves, but his ability to just bounce back and fight through stuff and just start making shots and willing himself and his team to, to success. That's why he is just a once in a lifetime type talent. And, you know, we'll say it again just enjoy every game, enjoy every moment that we have watching this guy play because he's, he's something else. And, Certainly these first couple of weeks, I mean, honestly, like, right. Like we know that, that the playoffs are what really matters to this team and, and what matters to his legacy and, and all that stuff. Um, but five and zero, oh, keep banking wins, right? Like we, we obviously don't, didn't come into the season expecting them to go off and, and take the first seed in the East or something like that. But to the extent that you can just keep banking wins and put up great numbers, lead the league in defensive rating, all that stuff. Um, it matters for playoff seating, yes, which is important, but also matters in like MVP voting and you know where he ranks in terms of defensive player of the year, all those things. And selfishly as a fan, yeah, that's I mean, these are the kinds of things that we should care about for you know, if the regular season's not really what what the game is all about. Like let's at least have these sort of fun things that we can look at and um, you know, just keep winning games good things happen. Good things happen for guys individually. Good things happen for the team. And, uh, you know, yeah, just a couple of really, really solid wins here on a back-to-back take care of business against the Knicks who have been pretty solid looking here early in the season. Um, shout out to Javon Carter and George Hill, both playing well at the same time last night uh, and shooting the ball well, scoring well. And I thought they both did a really nice job against Jalen Brunson, who again, just they kind of harassed and Brooke Lopez was again, just sort of everywhere defensively and then tonight obviously you know the box score much more impressive for Trey Young than than Jalen Brunson last night but um you know basically the Bucks turned the Hawks into kind of a one-dimensional team and um you know again you kind of play the math game and ultimately Atlanta as well as they scored at the end of the day Bucks taking care of business and great to see Drew Holiday keeping up his end of the bargain and kind of hopefully breaking out hopefully that'll be something that we're going to see more regularly, maybe not 34 points, but let's, let's be done with the like two for 15, six for 19 type games, mm. you know, Drew, like just, if you can be like, you know, nine for 18, most nights, like we'll be pretty happy with that, especially with Chris Middleton out. No doubt. So don't take Giannis for granted. Also don't take locked on bucks for granted. So subscribe.
subscribe on, on YouTube. Can I, oh, one, one more, one more comment before, before, before I know you've got to This won't be, out. this won't be, this won't be quick. Uh, I told Frank no, to good. leave the house and I, have a listen to him. I, I, the, you mentioned Marjan Bochamp. Yeah, those yeah, minutes, yeah. those minutes felt like the shot across the bow for Jordan Wara. Like, hey, Jordan, I'm just going to see if this guy can yeah, like not embarrass yeah. himself <laughs> so that I can maybe throw him out there this week um, because kind of kind of getting a little sick of Jordan's inconsistency and just sort of defensive lapses and stuff like that. So anyway, um, we'll see more to come. I agree. A couple of games against Detroit uh, coming up this week. So uh, as I said, subscribe on YouTube and the audio platform. Jump on YouTube. Jump in the comments. There's always uh, plenty of vibrant conversation going on over there. So uh, we really appreciate it. And it helps us out. Uh, this is a nice little weekend pod. When you go 2-0 and on the weekend, you feel like you can jump on and talk a bit of bucks. So we're excited. Hopefully everyone they, else is. If they had lost, it would have sucked because we would have been like, oh, we should have podcasted last night when we had nice vibes after a win. But Thankfully, the Bucks made sure that that we had the good vibes, the two and zero vibes. We know that our podcast listeners and watchers have a life, and when it's a back to back, we don't back to back on the weekend. They, hopefully, they do. Yeah. Oh, hopefully, you guys have. Hopefully, you guys have more of a life than you know Bucks games and children's birthday parties, which is all all my life's about right now. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be hard. Speaking of that, I'm going to a basketball game right now, so we'll speak to you guys next time.